This is for the nerds, this is for the brainiacs, this is what we deserve Go ahead and play it back, you ain't gonna touch me You're not gonna do nothing, you are not above me I bet you wish you was me, I know that I know is poppin' everybody, and welcome back to another special episode of the Only Friends Podcast. Well, you know, it's me and my only friends, which includes, but is not limited to, my boy, Hunt. What's poppin', baby? I'm doing well, Conrad. I'm, I'm in the captain's chair today. I'm enjoying it. Uh, well, you see, here's the thing. I don't know whoever told you that captain thing, but, you know... This is the captain's chair. That's why Berkey's been okay. sitting in my chair when I haven't been here, which got me thinking. I gotta clean this shit up. I'm in here like a month, dude. This shit is crazy. Fucking germs everywhere. Berkey shit. There Peter chips over there. I don't think there's Peter germs. chips, crumbs everywhere. It kills 99% of germs. So we're gonna be clear. Uh, so we're sponsored by Windex. Yeah, that's that's that the next. The next sponsorship. So what's poppin', guys? How are we feeling today? We're good. I, th I think we're, we're good. doing good. I think we're doing better than Berkey from the sounds of his Twitter. Yeah. Oh, oh, I don't know what I don't know what he ate last I, night, yeah. but he looks I don't like he's know, man. I just trouble. saw Berkey put up a tweet. It's it yeah. seems kind of rough at I, the playground. I actually mm -hmm. can I can see all the the notifications rolling in <laughs> on his on his Twitter right here. <laughs> Hunt, I can't because believe it's you. Open. Did you take over his Twitter? I did not. That no, was not me. Hunt, how, not how me. awful. I mean, you're the Absolutely only one sitting in that chair. So. Quite honestly, yeah, this I seems mean, pretty sincere. The, ev the evidence would lead to me, <laughs> but I'm, I think I'm the most trustworthy of this group. So I, I think, think so. you can rely on me. So. What I say I'm pretty sure he's just shit himself and he's at mm -hmm. the playground. All right. Mm -hmm. He's on the playground. He's probably on the slide or something. Yep. So every time he sits down, the shit just... Goes back up. It's, Let's hope he's not on the merry-go-round because once you get that centrifugal force, <laughs> <laughs> that shit's oh, gonna man. fly. <laughs> Everybody, please, you know, go reach out to Berkey. Give him a little love on his recent post. He like hates it. us so bad right now. <laughs> This is, it's so great, honestly. But you know, he's in another country. He can't do shit about it. Uh, it's true. Uh, it's true, you I'm know? literally just watching notifications just roll in. <laughs> <laughs> I've never done this with someone can else's you, Twitter. Can you read a few of them? I, I, you can all go on his Twitter okay. and read them. I'm, I'm not going to ruin the podcast by reading these things out. If, you, right. guys, if you guys want to know where to reach Matt. <laughs> Berkey's up at playground. He's playing a meetup game today. Apparently, he's smashing it already. He had like three k in front of him. Uh, he probably brought in for playing. five. Landon's <laughs> fucking smiling because he has five percent somehow. No, no, this no. shit's absurd. Yeah. Landon has five percent of Berkey in a one-three game. Anything. Wow. He just has it. He just has the five percent. No, he just sits around and smiles all day. No, I just saw that he's running good in the meetup game where he can't do that at Bobby's. So it's kind of oh. brutal. <laughs> yeah. I mean he. He would probably be he would probably much prefer to, to be running good at 100 300 instead of $1 $3. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Got to add rough. a couple zeros. Speaking of 1 3, Guapo. Yes. Oh. 2 3. 2 3. Sorry, yes. $5 in What's the middle. Yeah. Guap, you you in the streets? I'm officially in the 2 Let's 3 streets. Let's go. I was yes. so happy. The man has moved up. Finally. New right. year, new you. Yeah. The the game isn't that different from 1 2 guys. I'm shocker. Um, I mean, <laughs> still a lot well, of limping. Yeah, but it there's more action, right? Yeah, definitely more action. Way so more action. Win, it's, and it's more, a lot deeper. There's a lot deeper. I broke about even for my first sesh. Got to wear my new Triton gear. 
Okay. Shout yeah, that's it. Must be. It must feel pretty good showing up at a two-three game wearing a Triton <laughs> yeah. jacket. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if any, guy if in anyone game, asks, I'm just yeah. trying to clear a prop bet. You know what I mean? I have to win X amount of money at these stakes because normally I play like fifty-one hundred. So yeah. I, I thought <laughs> I thought you were going to say the prop bet was you have to wear a Triton jacket every day because uh, the last time I saw you, you were also wearing Triton clothing. <laughs> don't call me out, man. I don't have a lot of clothes. Hey, Wait, if if I got free clothing, I would just wear it every day too. So. <laughs> All right, fair it's going to be tough to go back down to one two, right? Uh, you like as long as I don't never want to yeah, play. As long as I run well. Yeah. So yeah. you gotta do, man. Is just run well. And then that's you'll, the you'll be playing um, hundred, two hundred next year. Yeah. Yeah. That is the secret. Uh, did maybe, you got, maybe? Yeah. I was gonna say maybe I'm gonna run it up like this guy. Uh, who's this gentleman? Went from a hundred to hundred k. That's that, impressive. Well, it's this gentleman. We'll call him for now. Um. So yeah, basically there was this guy that started um, a bankroll challenge last year with a hundred dollars. Won a couple tournaments by like. I don't know, his first month, like online, little, little, little bangers. Had it up to like 1300 and somehow he found himself playing one, three, two, five, and until he just hit the moon. Yeah. He, was he that, has ran it up to 100K. Buff, bl wow. Bluffalo Sam. I almost said Buffalo Sam. Bluffalo, yes. Bl Bluffalo Sam. I like that. I like that. That's yeah. good. Okay. Wow. That's great. I mean, that, honestly, those bankroll challenges are tough. Like, the, I think the, the motivation at the beginning to, to play super low stakes and just like, be able to stick with it until you've really grown that bankroll like that's impressive so so mm -hmm. shout out to that guy i mean that's gotta be a lot of work man like that's yeah. gotta be hard hard work these days especially like, was it all online or did he do some no no well? no so what he did was he started playing online just like small tournaments mm -hmm. and then he got i think he got up to like 1300 started playing one three mm -hmm. got it up to like 4100 then took a shot at two five Lost 3,100 or something like that. So he had 900, I believe it was. Oh, brutal. Or something wow. like that. So he <laughs> lost a bunch at 2.5. Went down to 900. And then he, I forgot. I think it was grinded 1.3 back to 10,500 or something along those lines. Mm -hmm. And then he just started playing more live cash, bigger, a little bit bigger, and smashed. Wow. Started getting into the live street, um, the live streets, live stream streets. And yeah, well, shout out to him. So, these these vloggers, man. That's pretty. That's pretty dope. That's got to be They're crushing. Uh, we won't see that too much uh, ever. No, except um, in crypto. Yes, in crypto. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's cri not even any. Tell me where you can thousand x. Crypto know? bankroll challenge. Like that's yeah. a fun one. I, I tried to do this. You once. Tried that. What the crypto uh, challenge or the just R. the regular bankroll? R.I.P. to the V is a metaverse. Uh, it's, it's just the life rule. Metaverse challenge. was last cycle, bro. We're, oh, we're wow. on to He's AI now, and yeah. I wonder if Honey even knows about this. The metaverse, mm -hmm. the Visa metaverse, I'm, game five. All right, so you know, one day it was like the academy, and um, it was like morning before. Had like I don't know. I think I put like twenty seven hundred into this ICO or whatever the hell you want to call them. Was it ICO at this time? I think they were called. Coin yeah. Offering, I guess. yeah, I think it was an ICO. And it was called Visa Metaverse. Okay. And I put 2,500 into it or something along those lines. <laughs> and by. So this is going to end bad. I, I just. This was at like 9 a.m. Mm -hmm. By 4 a.m., I think I had like. 300,000. Or wow. 4 p.m., I had like 300,000. And at that moment, I knew it was a fucking scam. <laughs> <laughs> Try to, I was like, try to no. cash out. You can't. You can't sell it. Couldn't sell it. It was a honey pot, and they got me. Yeah, they got oh, my wow. ass. Mm -hmm. No wonder. No wonder you. it just went straight to the moon. You couldn't sell. But yeah. <laughs> so you can buy it. Let me tell you something. 
The joke's got to worth twenty five hundred. I it's mean, a, we have a I lifelong mean, joke here. It's a pretty, it's a pretty good joke. It is a pretty good joke. I, so, I, I'm just looking at more notifications. Melissa is denying her involvement in this, so the the evidence, <laughs> the evidence is is going to mount as to who did this, and it wasn't mm -hmm. me. So I'm oh, not, I'm not Berkey, gonna accuse anybody. Um, OG has responded. He says, "I have adult diapers. Meet in the slots area. So <laughs> get on over to the slot area. You got some adult diapers waiting for you there. Extra medium, and you know, you'll be set." What's popping today? What are we doing today? We're talking a little strat chat today? Yeah, we got a little bit of strat chat. We've got a couple, we've got a hand from our Discord where I think the hand itself was pretty well played, but it would be a really good hand to introduce some discussion about, I guess, the concept of, of flop bet sizings, because I think it was an interesting, uh, interesting spot on Discord that, that a lot of uh, a lot of people were involved in the discussion. So it'd be uh, be fun to talk about it. Sweet, sweet. But you actually have a strategy video just, uh, that just came out. I do, yeah. I had a, I had a course that uh, just came out called uh, Breaking Down the World Championship. So I, uh, I took a five-part look at the recent WPT World Championship final table, doing a lot of ICM sims uh, pre- and post-flop, looking at how these six sickos uh, managed to final table this event and, uh, and breaking down some of the most important hands. So it was a fun one. Yeah, let's take a look at the video. This series is going to be a full review of the recent WPT 10K World Championship event that just happened at the Win here in Vegas. We're just going to dive right in and start off with six-handed play because a lot of the really interesting hands took place in that portion of the event. And then we're going to have some really fascinating hands in three-handed and heads-up play. So we had six elite-level players and obviously a really good opportunity to see what these players do in a high-pressure, very big-money situation. And there you have it. That's the uh, that's the course breaking down the world championship. It was uh, a lot of interesting hands, particularly once you get down to heads up and three handed play. There was a lot of spots where some of the ICM outputs and things for the Sims were a little bit different to what I expected. So it was uh, it was a fun one to make. I must say, like this is one tournament there was not like any lack of boring hands. Like it was kind of absurd. Like there was just so many like good. Well spots. played hands, yeah. Or yeah, just spots a lot of good general. spots. Yeah, there was. I mean, there was a couple of spots that I think everybody was talking about afterwards, and it was obviously the the big ace king to pocket jacks hand, where Chewy busted in third. Mm -hmm, that was mm -hmm. one that everybody was talking about. But the irony was that was like pretty standard, right? And then the hands that people were kind of missing a little bit. A lot of those were the some of the outputs that gave me a little bit of a surprise in terms of what the the sims were saying and, and how icm was affecting things so yeah really interesting course to make and i hope everybody enjoys it yeah go to uh software.io and uh sign up for the all in access pass and you can watch that course yeah you're also uh heading up a um tournament academy coming up that in may, is correct you? yeah in that may right. right before the world series we um we have the tournament academy which is a four-day extravaganza i guess um and i think that uh festival <laughs> it is yeah. a four-day festival, festival if you will. tournament study oh yeah. yes it is great um, yeah i mean it it uh it's kind of i guess in this current form it's kind of my my baby or brainchild so to speak since i basically put all the content together but mm -hmm. it's um, any, a little a little bit of new stuff from last year yeah i i think there will be uh there's going to be some stuff that's updated so anyone who came last year will probably get at least a little bit of uh a new material um because the you know the technology we have to explore certain things mm -hmm. uh, changes all the time. So, software yep. update. Yep, software. A little bit of a software update, and it, it's possible uh, that GTO Wizard will actually have post-flop ICM by the time uh, the MTT Academy happens because mm -hmm. they are apparently 
uh, looking at that in the next couple of months. That's what I've heard. So that should be fun to incorporate as well if we get the opportunity. Love it. I believe it's uh, May 24th to the 27th. That is a tournament academy. We got a cash game academy also coming up. That is in March, March 18th to the 20th. And we also have another Cash Academy in May, right before the Tournament mm -hmm. Academy. So we have a whole so, whole week of academies. Yeah. Head over to uh, academy.solfy.io for more information. Gentlemen, Sweet. we have a new competitor in the academy space. Oh boy! I don't know if you guys saw this or not, but it's a little scary. Talk to me. Okay, Victor oh, Lee. Poker oh, Poker GPT. Shit. Okay. Mm. Yeah, I I have heard a little bit about this, or I have someone gave me a link to uh, something like this a few weeks back. And I don't know if it's exactly the same thing. I don't know if it's, it's literally the same guy that, or it's the same product, but sure. it was a GPT that was built on or trained on you know, poker strategy. And I think that as a, a first iteration of something like this, as like this is the first one that we've seen, it's not bad, but the, the advice is still relatively rudimentary and um, you know, it's, it's not able to really give like very complex solver insight, but I would think if... So this is more like on the macro. Yeah, I think so. Um, and what, it, what are we we're looking at an AI-generated... Um, I think you can actually input hands and it'll kind of tell you like what your leaks are. Yeah, it's, it's a GPT with that can you can basically ask it a question like, did I play this hand well? And it'll tell you. And mm. it won't give you necessarily like theoretically optimal responses or anything like that, but it'll kind of give you very generic sort of answers. Mm -hmm. And I would imagine that over time it's going to get better especially if some entity that has access to a whole solver archive decides to buy it and just Guapo, add it. Can, can, you, can you plug in what you should do with Pocket Nines uh, on an Ace? <laughs> oh, don't. <laughs> don't. Let's not. Oh, let's not. No, one big one. Just, just. <laughs> let's not. Oh, man. Ask, ask Poker GPT what to do. <laughs> I, I'm being distracted over here because uh, one of those, in, the, in Bucky's replies, one of, the, one of those porn bots has shown up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no. So I got a, I, I mean, over and it was like content warning nudity. <laughs> i was like okay that's that's a weirdly distracting uh, thing to look at but so, yeah bucky's gonna have some fun getting rid of those bots on his twitter i guess i mean that's kind of interesting to see a uh, poker gpt chat thing like um i wonder how good it works like, yeah th well, the this, thing is it's only gonna get better yeah, yeah this is the it. thing yeah, like that's the, yeah that's this the scary is, part this is the uh direction that poker training has been heading in in the sense that as soon as ai language like what do they call them? LLMs, um, large language models, whatever it is, became capable of like communicating with humans the way ChatGPT does. Um, it, eventually, it was going to be the case that somebody would take a solver and a LLM and just blend them together so mm -hmm. that the solver can explain what the, the solver can explain to you why it's doing what it's doing. And chess already has this. Chess already has learning tools that um, you can make a move and it will tell you why your move is the right move. Um, so obviously we're, we're definitely heading in this direction for poker. Um, it's kind of exciting, but it's also a bit scary, obviously. I don't think it matters that much, man. People aren't going to listen to it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Solvers it. came out and people were like, oh, poker's dead. That's and the then you know what? Like how many people actually run solves? But yeah. this, right? is, this is very different. Um, they're getting immediate answers. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like um, it, it, it makes it more convenient. Yeah, it makes it more like accessible and, and yes. that kind of stuff. When you get it, when you get in, people right. want immediate answers. Right, right. Listen, if I have it's a, a lot easier to to just you know say 
did I play this hand correctly than to like, you know, run a solve. Whether or not they apply it like Landon's about to say. <laughs> no, but the solver just hasn't played their specific 2-5 game, you know? Oh, that's true. You yeah. have a very yeah, good point two, there, two. Landon. Right. They mm -hmm. just don't know their player type. No, Nobody's uh, ever been to my 25 cent, 50 cent game. No was, way a solver beats it. <laughs> no. There was a, a, a comment on our YouTube um, after we did the last or one of the episodes where we talked about GTO and like why people think GTO doesn't work. Or someone was like, it's called theory because it hasn't been proven yet. And I was like, oh, no. Okay, I guess that means we're just going to ignore all of poker theory then. Yeah. Okay, that's. You that's know, gravity is a theory. Yeah, the theory of relativity. You yeah. know, like it's a theory, it's not been proven. Like, okay, yeah. fair enough. So, guys, one of our group chats are going off right now, and there's a little bit of a discussion of who wrote Berkey's recent tweet. Okay. okay. Um, I didn't, nobody, I didn't tell anybody yet, but I did ask the people to, you know, uh, vote on the poll. Okay. Of who it's okay. going to be. Okay. Right now, Landon is leading. What are, what are the 38%. Leading? 38% and 21 votes. I would never. What are the, what are the options? Uh, All hey, of us hey, in the room? Everybody but Hunt because he already said he didn't do it. Okay. There we go. <laughs> Am I supposed to state a claim as to why I didn't do it? Uh, no, 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 no claims. No claims. No yeah. claims. We just, right. we just watch the people. Do not influence vote. the vote. Yeah, we don't influence the All vote. Right. That's like the deal of influence in the action. Fam. Besides, you know, you know, I, you know, I didn't do it because if I did it, it, it would be very grammatically correct. Like I wouldn't be able to bring myself to deliberately write a non-grammatically correct tweet. So that's that's how you know I didn't do it. Yeah, we know it definitely wasn't hunting in yeah. every aspect of this. All right. So who's in the muck? Who's in the muck? That's um, the question. It is one of our Discord users whose name I. On their name, I'm sorry. Oh my sorry, god, you're I'm pulling sorry a to our Discord user. Yeah, you're pulling I've, a Berkey. I know. I'm. I'm. I'm in the captain's chair, and I'm taking on his traits but again, again, again. That's not the captain. That is the sidekick chair. Okay, sidekick. I chair. am yes. the captain now. Yeah. <laughs> what is that me. from? It's from Captain Phillips. Captain Phillips, the movie. Yeah. Okay. Tom never Hanks. Seen it. Tom Hanks movie. Yeah. Okay. Good movie. But anyway, um, we have a hand where the the player was a little bit sort of in the muck about the flop sizing. So. Mm -hmm. They open. Uh, the so this was online, right? This yes, was a, this was online. They were, it's, like, it says five ten here, but it's actually micro stakes. Yes, so like maybe five, like five cent, five cent, ten cent, basically. Yeah. I think so. Online micros. Um, so you know, they, they it falls to them in the cutoff six handed. They open king queen of diamonds, two point two, very standard, big blind calls, and we get a flop of ace queen deuce two hearts. And our our hero here is going to go ahead and check. But they explained on Discord that they would have a bet 75 sizing here on this flop because this is a big bet board right well let's let's talk a little bit about that and about why that might be the case um the i think tendency that some people have is to not necessarily recognize which boards fall into big bet boards and which boards fall into small bet um and i think the the bet 75 size on this board is is pretty reasonable if that's what you're going to go with but i also think that the construction that the person outlined on Discord that they would have had is not quite what you want to have uh, when you're going with this sort of a size. So one one of the issues that they they had is they explained that they would mostly be betting pretty much two pair plus and sets and things like that for value and then some bluffs as well. But the issue is that a bet 75 size is not actually that big here. Right. So if you are betting 75%, you definitely have to go a lot wider for value than something like a two pair hand you can't be like checking ace king if your sizing here is 75 percent and we can kind of show 
what that looks like if we switch over to wizard because I have wizard right here. So do you want to do that? You want to show us the wizard? Do, do we want to run the whole the whole hand out um, first? Let's, or how do you want to we'll do, do it? We'll do the whole hand at the end because okay. the, the, hand, the hand ends with uh, hero checking the flop and then making two gotcha, pair. Gotcha. And it's like the, the turn yeah. and river are not super important here, but okay. the, the flop and the sizing is, is pretty interesting. So what I've done is I've run this exact spot on wizard with the rake, you know, kind of in the right territory, low stakes rake. And can, I, got, can I say what I my uh, thought is like my sure, initial of thought? Course. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so I I see, I see the hand and I I I recognize that's a big bet board, mm -hmm. which is like overbet, right? Mm -hmm. So an overbet board, which means you're gonna have um, you know, it's gonna be a low frequency bet. Mm -hmm. So I would think a hand like king queen would probably fall into the check um category. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think king queen. The the this is the interesting part about it that king queen is the kind of hand that mostly is going to want to. Um, to fall into a check if you're using a, a really big bet size in mm -hmm. that case. But I think when we look at the 75% the size here, this is the sim that we've got for this particular size when I just okay. let Wizard uh, use this specific size. We can quite easily see that the value bet region, if I highlight, let's say, best hands and good hands, because this, this is how we get a good sense of what the value bets are. You've got a lot of hands in there that are value betting that are a lot weaker than two pair, right? Ace King is like pure bet basically, mm -hmm. except for specifically if you have, looks like if you have the King of Hearts, it wants to check a bit more. And then we've got a lot of this Ace 10, Ace Jack stuff is betting, even like Ace 5 off down here, Ace 5 off, no heart is betting at a decent rate. So you just can go a lot, lot wider than the, than the, the, the two pair plus kind of region for value here mm -hmm. if you're using the B75 size. I have a question, Matt. Yeah. Um, so it looks like king-queen off is basically just a check all the way through. Yep. Um, mm -hmm. On the king-queen suiteds, can you show what suit likes to yes. have a big bet? Yes. So king-queen king suited is going to be the clubs. clubs. Yeah, yeah. The back door. Okay. Can, and you then, can you explain why that is? Yeah, because so it's if a you, triple. If you look at the... Um, the blocking properties of this hand, right? So take a look at King, Queen of Spades. We have uh, a two for value removal and a four for trash removal. King, Queen of Diamonds, two and a four. King, Queen of Clubs, three and a four, right? So because of the, the presence of the club on board and uh, just the, the various card removal factors that are involved with having specifically King, Queen of Clubs in this spot, we actually have, I would guess, a fair amount more equity and it, it starts to perform slightly better as a bet because of that additional tiny amount of blocking power over villain's value. Is it, but isn't it also uh, that you have a backdoor club draw? That's obviously a big part of it as well. Yeah. But if, if you want to look at the, um, the, the defining factor here in terms of why this hand might be able to get more value, it's because of that um, additional blocking power that it has where like, Something like Queen Deuce is going to not be part of villain's range now as often because the, the Deuce of Clubs is out there as well. And so you've got a little variation there. If we look at the equity of the hands here, we've got, like, take a look at this, right? We've got the extra 1.7% equity, which is obviously going to matter quite a bit. And then if we look at equity realization, we've got with the King Queen of Clubs, it's way better, right? So 74.1, 74.1% realization, and then 82.5%, yeah, right? Okay. So King Queen of Clubs just realizes its equity so much better. It has that additional blocking power over the value region. 
and it obviously has the back door so you have some implied odds when you you do make the back door so there's a few different things going on there it just allows you to bet a lot of turns when the club comes yeah yeah absolutely you're you're going to be able to go for slightly thinner value and you're also just going to have much more power to to bluff catch in certain instances as well where um you're going to be unblocking like a lot of the hearts and things like that so there's just there's a, a bunch of different factors contributing but for the most part you know king queen with the back door is going to be pretty powerful and if you look at the king queen offsuit combos there are a few that are mixing the bet here as well and you but can it's very small yeah. it is very small and you can see that having the queen of clubs is quite meaningful right so like two of the combos or the two combos that are mixing bets the most specifically have the queen of clubs and then the other ones are the ones that unblock like all of the back doors that can sometimes get floated here um but the ones that have like a heart in them king queen with a heart for example is pure check uh in most cases so there's going to be just a lot of minor card removal stuff that's going on here but the i think the general kind of idea here is that um when you're going with these big bet sizes on these boards you do have to be mindful that 76 percent in this case of pot which is it's just rounded up a little bit uh it's just not that big of a bet right like it's a it's a catch-all sort of a size it's not a particularly polarizing size now if i reset the sim here it i'm not sure if it's actually going to just immediately reset the sizing or if i'm going to have to to re rerun the sim altogether yeah it's going to rerun it with 76 percent. but when i first ran this sim if i just rerun it here uh it gave me a, a full pot size so that was the size that it likes here so this is yeah this is where we're going um and you can see that the single size that it chooses is a little bit bigger than that 75 you know we've got we've got this full pot we're not quite going to the region of overbets, but we are in a territory where we can value bet with on um, actually let's get rid of those good hands because that's some of the draws as well but this this value bet region is is showing us a lot we've got ace deuce obviously we've got so ace five aces. what's that sorry oh sorry go ahead yeah yep. we've got eight, like ace five of clubs is in there ace eight without a back door so that that stuff that just unblocks all the draws and then we've got some of the ace-jack plus. Like, basically, most of the ace-jack suited plus, not all the ace-jack offsuit, but basically, like, you, you kind of just have to at least be pretty happy to go for a good amount of value here with ace-jack plus. Like, you can't really be checking back ace-jack that much. You can't really be checking back ace-king mm -hmm. that much here, even for a full pot size. And if we did go with a bigger size, like, let's say I were to alter this and go with, like, a 1.25x pot size... Like we would probably start to see that the value bet region still stays relatively consistent. Like we're not going to see it like alter massively. Yeah. So we go 1.25x pot. Like we're still betting a lot of ace jack. We're still betting most ace king. Most some of the ace king of clubs starts to check now, but we're we're just we just can't really like reduce our value bets to only two pair plus on the flop. Basically, it was really interesting to see that king queen with the king of hearts. Um was 100% check and I think this is where I struggle mostly mm -hmm. with my game sure. because I think of the king of hearts as like oh well this is my safety card like if another heart comes on the turn it's a lot easier for me to turn my hand but, into a bluff because I'm blocking the nuts. But well, that's why you're allowed to check right? Yeah. That's because a, it is your exactly safety it. card. Right. Like, because any heart that peels off you just always can continue. Like mm -hmm. a, a hand like that that's not going to be able to get a ton of value but it's never going to have to fold the turn because Hold on, so Oh, Real quick, explain that again, Connie, because I'm trying to understand what you're saying. So basically, you said the King of Hearts is your safety card, right? Right, but I was thinking it more as like, okay, this is a card that I can be aggressive with. No, because like you, you have middle pair also. So like you have some value in your hand. 
So it just allows you to you can check and like your your hand is protected. Any heart that comes on the turn, you can call. You, turns. Yeah, you you're, you're you want to see. I think you're trying. You're like I want to be aggressive, but you have this is like the middle part of your range. Yeah, yeah. right. It's not the bottom exactly. part. So it's, right? if you had the king, if you had like uh, King Jack or well, no, that's still pretty good. But like even like a, a king, I have a hand that's ahead sometimes. King six or something. Yeah, I guess you can't have king six off. But you're like not ahead sometimes, you're ahead right. a lot of the time. A lot you're of a, time. you're ahead a lot yeah. of the time, right? So like this mm -hmm. is a you know middling portion of your range. So you don't want to like just put this, start like loading the middle portion of your range into your bluffs. Right. This is I think this is a, a really good way of displaying it because you're not wrong that the king of hearts is a meaningful card. It's just that because you already have second pair, you don't really need to bet with it. So exactly. what I can do here is I can show like, if we have an offsuit hand and I filter for offsuit hands, including a heart, well, like you King can see three. that our betting frequency has gone slightly up when we have a heart. But in particular, the King Jack, King 10, Jack 10 that has a heart is basically pure bet, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's all of this stuff, it's, it's clear that having a yeah. heart, even having a heart in a pocket pair is really powerful <laughs> here, right? Because it just gives us additional fold equity additional ability to bluff on the latest streets. It right. cleans up our outs. So having a heart is great, and you're not wrong about that. But when we have the king-queen, and we already have second pair, or it's similar to having pocket kings. Like, you don't need to turn this hand into a bluff. It's too yeah. strong. Yeah, basically. find, your, wor find your, your your hands that are much worse that have that contain the king of hearts. That's the ones you want to be aggressive. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you don't really need to be turning second pair into a bluff. Now, one, one other thing that I wanted to do here is to take a look at a few other board textures and sort of see uh, where some of these other big bets might come in in spots that people don't necessarily expect. Because I think that people have a, a little bit of a flawed assumption about what some of the big bet boards might be. Like particularly the Ace-King-X and Ace-Queen-X, I think people kind of have a, an understanding of... Um, you know what what kinds of spots are good for big bets because you know the big blind can't have ace king or ace queen a lot but there's a lot of other boards that are good for big bets too so if we actually let me uh let me put landon on the spot a little bit yes tell me tell me a board that you think might be a good big bet board in this formation cut off big blind uh ace jack five flush draw okay ace broadway X, so that's, that's a little too similar to this one so yeah. uh big bet board you can probably go lower to like 10 nine deuce yeah that's the kind deuce of rainbow that's the kind of i was thinking yeah so like something like a 10 nine deuce rainbow let's take a look at what it wants to do there do are all 10 five deuce. are all two broadway x boards big bet boards for the most part no depends no, on the ace, side card yeah okay so so this one uh it has it has a two-thirds size so it's not going not going huge here sure. but if we look at the the two-thirds and we we kind of take a trying to get a sense of, of what hands it's using as the value bet region. For some reason, it's taking its time. There we go. Um, we're going to see probably again that, you know, the value bet region is a lot wider than just, you know, some of those really strong hands. We've got like stuff like Queen 10. It's betting at a pretty high rate here. Even if we look at good hands, like we've got little bits of 9x that are actually betting, like 9x that unblocks all the draws is betting at some frequency. Ace 9 is betting pure. So, you know, we can certainly, even with a two-thirds size here, like we can go relatively wide for value and and even hands like like betting like ace jack here is kind of a value bet because you're getting peeled by a lot of king jack and queen jack and mm -hmm. jack eight so like you're it's closer to a value bet than a bluff right there yeah so. 10 nine deuce a little bit too connected with the offsuit broadway so that's probably gonna be like nine nine five deuce yeah yeah the one that always comes up in uh the mtt spots i look at is like ten seven four let's let's well, see how that like, one... a, like double connected towards draws yeah, so let's see how look. Let's see how this one looks. 
Oh, this one's only a 40% board in this uh, in this kind of uh, range it, formation. So. It just depends on the big blind defense. Yeah, Where, like, I guess MTT's that's true. Like an MTT is yeah. so much wider and have so much more gutters. Right. Let's try like, the 10-5 deuce. 10-5 deuce, 9-5 deuce. 10-5 deuce, like no real draws besides like low wheels. No, this is this is two thirds. It looks like just like most of the sizes that caps out here is like 67. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would guess that's probably um, just a product of the... Um, the fact that the big blind, when we're in a high rake, like micro stakes kind of environment, the big blind's probably forced to defend relatively tight, which right. means there are not going to be too many spots where the in position player has like a massive nut advantage. What if we go nine, six deuce? Maybe the changing the nine will, changing a 10 to a nine will help. But the, the general idea here is that the big bet boards, oh, this is two thirds as well. Yeah, it just caps out at 67. Right. They're going to be boards where in position has a lot of, um, a lot of nut hands that the big blind doesn't have, right? So if we look at, just the over that's the big blinds range on the left we don't need to focus on that but if we if we go on the right here and we what this is weird this is a different kind of a range setup i wanted to look at the uh, okay that's weird i don't know where the range breakdown has gone here that's fine um the oh i guess we're just okay that's it that's fine never mind um so yeah th this is a board where in position has quite a big nut advantage here 17 percent to about four percent in that best hands region um but it's going to be, you know, it's not going to be that significant considering that if you look at the very top of it, like if we go here and we go, yeah. So like the 90 to 100% equity hands, which are basically the sets here, the thing that moderates this spot and, and causes the sizing to be capped at about two thirds is the fact that the big blind can have a set slightly more often than the, the cutoff can here. So even though the cutoff has the big advantage in the overpair region and in the 9x region, like this kind of area here, the sets are with the big blind. So that's going to mean that they don't get to just shovel in and overbet. Yeah, it's just going to be the difference between the in-position player having hands like two-pair plus being like ace-queen, ace-king, ace... Mm -hmm. Not even ace-jack, right? Because you'll probably see like ace-jack five might be like a, an overbet board, but might not be just because cutoff or big blind also has ace-jack off. So we have to right. be a little bit more careful, but ace-queen-off is going to probably mm -hmm. do that near pure. Yeah, so ace-jack-5 is a, it's a full pot board. Right. So we're, we're going a little bigger with our ceiling of betting there. And this is because you can see big blind has nothing that's 90% plus. And you know, the, the in-position player has the advantage in all of these top four categories, even the 60 to 70% region. So they're just pushing a, a really big nut advantage here on ace-jack-5. And if you, even if you changed it to like ace-9-5, I think this would probably change a, a fair amount here probably wouldn't become a, a big bet board anymore because yeah, now we go all the way down to like a 25% size, right? And it's because these top regions, they're a little bit more competitive. And then in this area here, the 70 to 80%, the big blind actually has the advantage. So it's just a, a very different setup of ranges in this, in this spot. Yeah. yeah. So big bet boards, um, definitely one that I think some people get a little bit wrong, um, but also one that I think there's a lot of opportunity to, to find exploits and kind of figure out ways that the, the player pool is gonna, gonna make mistakes in those spots. And the gentleman that submitted this hand actually checked back, is that right? Yes, yeah. So there was a check back on the flop. Let me bring up the original flop that we were looking at, which was ace, queen, deuce. Um, so they said they were gonna have a bet 75 strategy. So we're gonna go back to looking at the bet 75. And the reason for that is because if you have a bet 75 compared to a bet 100, it's gonna change the checking range. So even though you do have, you know, even though in this, the spot that we're looking at, they did not check, oh, sorry, they did not bet, uh, we still have to adapt what bet sizing they would have used 
because it's going to change the checking range. So now we put the King of Hearts turn up there, and they faced a, a, a bet size of about two-thirds pot, I believe, here, which is kind of interesting because it's not really one that appears much in theory. We've got a quarter pot bet with a sort of thin value blockery kind of range, and then we've got a big bet. So I'm just going to kind of merge these bet sizes into one two-thirds pot bet and see what we end up with. Now, the, the tricky thing about this turn card is obviously we turn two pair, but we turn two pair in a spot where two pair is a bit of an awkward hand to have yeah, when yeah. there's so many flushes and stuff like that out there. So I'm actually curious whether this hand is going to raise the turn with, wow, okay, that's a big raise size. So there's no raising at all there. Wow, that's interesting. So yeah, so it wants to basically just never raise here, even with some of the flush portion of range, I would assume just because we are in a position where we're we're kind of capped overall and we need to just call with some pretty strong hands in order to to protect that range is yes. is it also because the size that's chosen here yeah i think once you start to get to the point where you you see sizings that are unexpected in the game tree so like the the solver wanted to use quarter pot or full pot on the turn and instead villain chose two-thirds like once you see that you, you definitely start to get into territory where it, everything gets a bit weird and okay. you start to see some weird outputs. I think main issue here for imposition is we have very little, if not not zero flushes, but very low, where yeah. big blind is concentrated towards having a lot of them from defending. Yeah, yeah exactly. We have only 2.6% flushes here. There's only a few of them. Um, so it's just because really, your flush draws are going to be just be betting the flop at a pretty high rate. Yeah, well, not, it's, it's not also just always, because but... like look at the cards on the board. Mm -hmm. How yeah. do we have flushes from the cutoff? Yeah, exactly. You know, we have very few. So just because we mm -hmm. have flushes sometimes doesn't mean we're allowed to raise. Right. Yeah, yeah. But we have a royal. Sure. <laughs> we, do, we, do have, we, we do have jack ten of. Well, I guess we actually don't because oh, yeah, that, right. bet, that no. bet's flop in pure. Yeah, yeah. That's true. so yeah. we actually never have a royal here. Whereas I guess villain can have a royal. Let's see how often villain has a royal. Uh, not often, right? Because they're going to three-bet pre sometimes. Well, 0.3%. So it's not right. nothing, but it's not a lot. Yeah. Um, there's, a, there's a high I hand I think bonus, versus so cutoff, yeah. all your suited broadways are almost pure three-bets, right? Or is that versus button? Mostly versus button. Cutoff, you can be a little bit more selective, yeah. I imagine. Mm -hmm. Like, you can see here from... You go back to big line range, right? Yeah. Like, queen-10, queen-jack isn't really three-betting. King-10, king-jack is a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, but versus button, I think you three-bet more. Yeah, and I think also with this with this really high rake, um, yeah. th it seems to go a little bit more polo with the three-bet. Like, I think a lot of this this stuff down here is going to mix folds and three-bets occasionally. Like, this, some of the suited suited connector stuff is going to mix some three-bets, but this stuff is not going to do as much of it, I guess, with high rake. But interesting. Um, yeah, so we do, we do face the two-thirds, and yeah, the sim wants to have no raises. So this is where it kind of gets weird, because we obviously have to account for... The fact that villain did raise in this spot um i don't imagine that we're going to be losing a ton by raising with king queen here but we might be losing a little bit let's take a look at the ev of the different options so king queen of diamonds which is what villain actually or hero actually had call is 2.41 big blinds in ev and raise is 1.92 so we're losing about half a big blind by raising um, yeah what, what's what's raising really accomplish here yeah, I mean, the, the, the tricky part of this is, theoretically, you're supposed to get value. Well, if you're going to raise, the, the, the idea is to get value from stuff like ASEX with a heart, you know, things like that. Yeah, yeah. But I think part of the problem is that the ASEX with a heart, if villain has that, it's not going to be, like, there's not a lot of it, right? Like, mm -hmm. there's, there's really only a little bit of these ASEX that's actually defending preflop. And then, obviously, 
the stronger ASEX with a heart is maybe going to three bet sometimes pre-flop, but also maybe a weaker hearts might fold. Yeah. Maybe yeah. check raising flop at some rate. Like I, I think there's just, um, it's kind of weird because villains range on turn with a two thirds size is not supposed to be that polarized, but it actually mm -hmm. kind of is. Like if you look at the way that this, uh, here's one thing I like to do with wizard. Let me show you this. You can do, if you press B, you can go into like drawing mode and you can kind of draw like a little curve right that, like that. Right. So oh, that's cool. Yeah. If yeah. you look at that, that curve that looks like this, like mm -hmm. this V pointing left, that's representative of a polarized range. If it was a, much more linear range, it would look a little bit more like this, right? It would just kind of go down diagonally like that. And if it was a more merged range, it would look like that okay. because the middle hands would be betting a bit more. Yeah. So this polar range um, just kind of signifies villain's going to have a certain amount of flushes here. And then obviously some bluffs, but not like a massive portion of bluffs that can actually call the raise. Like they don't really have the ability to call the raise with like a pocket pair with a heart here. So... You and kind that, of get yourself in a situation where when you raise, you, you better calls and worse folds. Yeah, I, I think a lot of the time that is what happens. Like, if you look at what the, the theoretical response to the raise is, villain's calling range is going to include, like, a certain amount of ace-x, sure, but a lot of, two, like, better two pairs, like ace-deuce mm -hmm. is in there. Uh, there's obviously some ace-jack and, and some, um, you know, ace-ten with a heart, and or actually all the ace-ten and things like that. But there's also all the jack-ten, and there's all the low flushes and set of deuces that mm -hmm. you obviously lose to so it looks like the turn raise is actually a little bit thin um maybe this is maybe this is one that warrants the uh the no the no graphic from the wizard um <laughs> i don't know i think the the flop check is pretty wizard approved yep. but i think that this one is uh reject is me maybe daddy. a no yeah this is a reject me daddy saying reject me daddy is great go on did, did you hear with the king queen two pair is that when you do get called your equity cannot necessarily be Con like collected when like river deuce comes off heart comes off all the mm -hmm. things that continue most of the time a jack can still make things really bad so when you do get floated on sometimes you get value but then on river you can still lose when yeah. in like a check check node right river deuce check check you lose to ace 10 mm -hmm. right yeah Not i think great. that's that's mm -hmm. part of the issue here while having um, zero flushes um, or near zero flushes in if range. if i if i lock uh the out of position villain and then lock hero into raising a little bit more often we can start to get a sense of what happens on the river the river, I think, was an offsuit five, if I'm remembering rightly. I don't have the hand details to, to hand in front of me, but I think that that's what it was. Uh, so five we'll of spades. Go. Yeah, five of spades. Okay, cool. So we're going to up Hero's raising frequency a little bit. Um, it looks like if it if we do force Hero to raise at some rate, King-Queen is one of the first hands that, that jumps into the range. So at least on some level, it's not like a really bad selection of hands there. But let's say we give them like a 15% raising frequency there or something like that. And we just lock all of that um, just so that we can get to the river with some kind of a range that we can actually evaluate. Um, it is kind of one of those hands that the raise functions as protection on turn, oh, wow. okay. where even if they are bluffing and have nothing, like not nothing, but like some one hard hands still have to fold. Mm -hmm. And then some uh, dust hands have to fold and you don't have to bluff catch on hearts. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is where it gets kind of weird, right? Because now villain is supposed to actually just three bet like always when we... Uh, yeah, because they have flushes and we don't. Right, exactly. Like, they're supposed to just never not three bet. So, like, now I just kind of have to lock them into a certain kind of a continuing range. Maybe we just go to the strategy and then we go filters and we just have them always call everything that is better than a certain strength. 
second pair, uh, second pair, I guess if they bet the turn with some kind of king jack or whatever, they're probably going to call. And then we probably go with fold with all the third pair, low pair, and no made hand. And then maybe any kind of combo draw, like any, let's just say any flush draw they bet the turn with, they're going to, oh wait, actually that's not, that's not going to be the case, is it? It's not going to, they're definitely not going to just like bet call pocket threes with a heart on that turn. That's kind of terrible. So we'll just get rid of all that. Just do better instead. <laughs> yeah, right. This is, uh, this is probably going to be a, a fair approximation of where we're going to end up here. So villain calls, and then the river was the five of spades. This might be a really weird river. It might want villain to jam. Yeah, it like wants them wow. to jam yeah. every single hand yeah. on the river. Because um, just... they just have such a range advantage at this mm -hmm. point. Like, that's so crazy. Let's just force them to check. If we force them to check, we have to now, check back. Yeah, we're probably just going to check back everything. Yeah. Yeah, we're checking back 90%. They're so jamming range, right? If we, bet, if we reopen, right. they're just going to pile it. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So this, this is where uh, theory land becomes, uh, yeah, it, it gets a little out of hand, right? When you, you start to, well, even just the fact that villain took that two-thirds pot line on the turn just immediately put us in this unknown territory. And uh, it definitely makes the rest of the hand pretty complicated. So I don't think Hero made any like massive punts here necessarily, but I do feel like we probably just want to recognize that villain actually has quite a lot of flushes on the turn here and it becomes a little bit tricky for us to raise two pair as a result it probably just becomes a hand that just calls calls turn calls every single river it just card. becomes one of your best did you already see right? what the flush yeah. disparity was between ranges or no on, on one turn on the turn yeah. um yeah like, let's we go have 2.6 percent they probably have like what like let's go to back 10? to the turn and let's go ranges and then we'll go and so they have 7.3 percent 7.3 percent flushes 0.3 percent straight flush and we have only 2.6 so they have three times as many flushes right, as we so do basically right, right. yeah that's basically what's creating this disparity here they also have more straights than we do so and, that's you and know. sets no, uh no, no sets, sets is, yeah, we just have all they, the sets yeah they have one percent we have 2.3 but yeah, we it's because we have kings a lot of the time yeah we um, just pure check back flop with kings right yeah so it, i think the the flush disparity here is what's kind of preventing us from raising two pair five card hands are scary yeah exactly <laughs> um when when i first saw this hand i didn't really think that raising turn was that bad but i think the um what it kind of comes down to really is that villains like if we had faced the strategy where they have a small bet and a big bet as opposed to one catch-all bet then raising versus the small bet might have been okay because the small bet would probably be pretty deep, probably pretty like heavy on ace x. But when we face two thirds and their range is like some ace x in there, but like it's a lot of flushes and a lot of straights, like now it just becomes a bit trickier to actually raise, I guess. This is kind of the good thing about playing one sizing strategies where you bucket all of your hands into one versus playing two. Mm -hmm sometimes yeah where when you have the one sizing strat you can't really tell if they either have like a weak ace x or a five card hand mm -hmm. but if you're playing two strategies of like a block and then like maybe a b75 it's a lot harder to protect both ranges as a, as oh, a human yeah that's that i think honestly is one of the the hardest parts of um of having a split range strategy or having a two sizing strat in most spots it's understanding which strong because most of the strong hands are going to want to go in the big size but a lot of the strong hands have to go into the small size as well, or at least some of them do, because you can't have a small size that's just never strong, right? right? So understanding which hands you're actually, which combos you're supposed to put into the small size, depending on the, the exact nature of the board texture, it's really tough. And then you also have to make sure that when stuff happens, like you bet small, you get raised, you check the river. Now you have to like defend your small bet call range in a way where 
you know, a lot of your good bluff catches might have gone into the bigger size because they were value betting on the turn. And so now everything gets thrown out of whack because you have two ranges to think about and you have to think about the distribution of bluff catches in both of them. So I, I personally am just a big fan of single size strategies unless you're on the river. Um, I think even when you're on the river, two sizing strategies in, in some spots is pretty difficult to pull off. And, and for the most part, especially if you're playing tournaments, I think you can, you can usually capture the vast majority of the EV that's available with one sizing. But I know some of the tougher games that you've played in land, and I'm sure there's probably at least some spots where it's kind of necessary to practice the two size strategy. Yeah, depending on board texture, and most of the times you're going to have two sizes where the hand classes that fit block to either block bluff catch versus potentially overbet themselves are just something that you have to get used to over time. Mm -hmm. where it's like, okay, this hand's too good to block call, so instead I have to overbet to get the value from it, and then this mm -hmm. hand is too weak to overbet because getting called is too tough, so now it goes into the block call. Right, yeah, and, and it... It's kind of funny because it, it can sometimes be surprising how simple some of the principles are there in that a lot of the time it really is as straightforward as like all of your really your absolute best hands are going to want to go into the overbet size or they're not going to want to block because they don't get raised enough in certain spots. But then there are other spots where it becomes super complicated and, and some of the really micro level card removal factors, kind of like we're seeing in this spot, actually, like the, the card removal stuff is pretty important here because having let's say any hand with like the jack of hearts in it fundamentally changes your opponent's range. So there's a lot of spots where you kind of have to really be very conscious of the, how important the suits are, how important specific cards are. Um, and, and there are plenty of boards that get really tough to play for a, a two sizing strategy as a result. Yeah. The efficiency of trying to choose combos based off of the percentage of range that can exist for opponent is going to be tougher depending on the board states sometimes it's mm -hmm. easier yeah. sometimes it's harder right when like there's a spot where the opener can have ace x with a flush draw it's like okay they can have a lot more flushes but mm -hmm. then like ace of hearts queen of hearts king of hearts it's like well you're running out of them pretty fast yeah yeah exactly and the, those spots where you're kind of on an island are, they're obviously spots where you're going to be no matter who you are you're going to be much more mistake prone so those are the ones we want to make sure that we tackle in the right kind of way tough game it is, it is a tough full game. flop and you have plus ev spots yeah, you see, you see a lot of two sizing strategies at the jewel, Brian. Yeah, no. Well, <laughs> yeah, they they uh, they bet small when they're bluffing, and they bet big when. They yeah, have that's it. the that's the <laughs> that's the two sizing strategy from the the two three streets, right? It's like if they yeah. bet small, they don't have it. When right. they bet small, they have one pair. They bet big, they have two pair. You know, big it's, hand, big bet. Yeah, there's like a sliding scale of of how big their hand is depending mm -hmm. on how big they bet. You know, right? So, what do you think yeah. overall? How did our uh, <clears throat> our submission play this hand overall i would oh man um <laughs> i guess i think we have does to he get a passing grade i'm gonna give him a I think, c yeah i think i i think i would give it a c because, holy shit that's like an a where i'm from bro <laughs> I, uh, I think i would give it a c because i understand the the thinking c's and get I, degrees yeah you dig and i i i get i don't think there was any like massive punt anywhere i just think it's pretty thin and i think that on top of that, the, the biggest issue or the biggest thing that you have to be conscious of is if you're if you're B seventy five on the flop, like you can't just only have two pair when you value bet because it's just gonna you're just gonna miss so much value. Like there's so much one pair that just has to like go three streets when it bricks off, you know. All right, fam. Yeah. If you guys don't know this already, head on over to our Discord or add us on Twitter. Put you're in the mock submission today. Let yeah, us let good. us let us talk about what you you're doing out there. That's good. That's right. There's there's a lot of uh, I'm always surprised by how many of our listeners spend so much time in the muck. Mm -hmm. I feel bad for them. Yeah, that's a, that's a lot of muck time. I and, mean, uh, shit. 
Shout out to GTO Wizard for sponsoring our uh, In yes. the Muck segment. You can Absolutely. hit hashtag wizard in the chat and, uh, you know, sign up for a GTO sub Wizard subscription. Yeah, I'm going to do a, a self-plug as well. I have a couple of videos coming out for Wizard soon as well. I love, your, I love your videos, dude. I, I watch Thank them all the time. Yo, this great. guy's fucking yeah. moonlighting over here? He does everything. Oh my God. Of course. Scott's everywhere, man. He's working for GTO Wiz, working here. I've been doing this for a year. That shows that shows how much attention you pay. No, GTO Wizard has a lot of really good videos on their YouTube channel for free. I've actually watched all your GTO Wizard videos. There you go. I knew. I knew that. I knew you couldn't miss my content. I just had to talk my shit. There you go. There you go. Yeah, I am. I am. I'm working on. Well, actually, I I have recorded these wizard videos and they're going to probably go out soon um it's basically two two short videos about the the theoretical kind of background behind hero calling and hero folding like in what spots are we going to make really big call-offs and in what spots are we going to make really big folds? just pay yeah i mean it's funny <laughs> that we've been talking so much about just pay and yeah. i'm out here making videos about hero folding right, right? but like but also hero calling yeah i mean it uh i, I think it's it's very important to have at least a, a grasp on what the theory is behind these. So plots, you, you, you already recorded this, so yes, it's, it's in it's, it's post production. In, it's in post production now. Uh, awesome. So those those videos will be out for Wizard soon. But uh, there's plenty plenty more to come in the pipeline. And I guess in terms of content for us, like closer to home, uh, I'm working on some more multi way stuff for uh, future course. Yes. Sweet. That one well, we need more multi way, need multi -way because stuff because every hand I play is multi way. Everybody loves the multi way. There is like, no heads up fucking pots in live poker. Right. No. Yeah. It, it really, it really is true. It, it's so like it's funny because like you want to do like an in the muck se segment, you know, and mm -hmm. I try to get a hand from from playing live, and it's just like, well, I'm not gonna like plug it into the solver because right. it goes, it's like okay, five way limp, and then I raise, and then everyone calls, and yeah, like, <laughs> okay, that there's not a solve for that yet. Well, yeah, the, the 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 interesting part is there there actually is in that um, even though obviously you know limping is you, you can't like solve for the optimal limping ranges because right. people are not doing that, but the uh, there is a solver. Uh, I don't want to like pretend that I'm like an ambassador for these guys, but there's a solver right. called Rocket Solver mm -hmm. that um, is pretty new, and I've been really surprised and impressed by the way it can do like six way, seven way stuff. Like it can do bomb pots, like shit like that. So cool. um, yeah, yeah, I mean, I've been that, running that's a bunch obviously of that. that's that's the um, the evolution, right? Because yeah. like it's it's mm -hmm. the, the more we the solvers evolve, then obviously the more complicated solves it's going to be able to do like multi ways yeah i mean it's funny i've been running some of these six-way sims and it uh it takes a lot of like messing around with the game tree to even make the game tree small enough that a 64 gigabyte ram computer can run the sim That's, like my yeah. computer is pretty good like i, I say, say 64, 64 gigs pretty, of ram yeah. like i run a lot of sims but it you know making the six-way game tree fit a com uh, like a practical <laughs> solver thing like yeah. it's tough mm -hmm. so these sims are complicated um but the you know the the fun part of it has been getting to see like when when everybody's ranges are just dust and they're super wide and really weak like you actually get to play maybe a little bit more aggressively than you would think in some spots. So it's been mm -hmm. really fun to run some of these sims and I'm and that, probably going to... That's part of the the course you're working most on? Most likely, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm running a bunch of sims and I'm going to see kind of where like where we end up once I've run enough of them that I feel like I can build some principles. Um, I can't but wait for it. Yeah, it should be fun. Um, it's going to be... I would think that my next course will probably be like April or something like that prior to WSOP so that we can... Uh, 
you know, get me, get all my content cleared away and then I can go hopefully win some bracelets. <laughs> yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. Shout out to our boy Efro. He said, I submitted months ago and it took me like, like an hour to write it. And yet, nothing. I'm sorry, Efro. You have been shadow banned by our boy, Matt Berkey. I don't know what to tell you, man. <laughs> he won't say hi to you in the hallways. I mean, like, he... I'm sorry, man. Go, go hit him up on Twitter. I, I heard he's been putting out some banger tweets lately. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Everybody, thank you for rocking with us. Like, subscribe, write something in the comments. Did you bring Berkey a pair of extra medium underpants? <laughs> I don't know. All right, we'll be back tomorrow at noon. Holla. Yeah. Peace. Peace.